Welcome to the Death Kit Show. Let's go. Hey. All right. Welcome to the GK Show. Fun music at the beginning. Yeah. Having a good day. Let's start the pod. What's up, what's up, what's up, what's up, everybody? I'm going to try and get this podcast out. Uh, my son is sleeping on the couch. Just dropped my daughter off for her first day at preschool. <laughs> Oh, needless to say, I'm getting this podcast up a little late because I had to have myself a nice cry. I am a crier. I think I cry more than uh, normal people. I wonder, I'm going to look at this up actually. I should have looked it up before. On average, how often do people cry? Adults. And I'm sure it's different for men and women. I'm sure it's different culture to culture. I am willing to bet, and I will get back to you on this, that I am on the high end. I'm at the... I'm not at the top of that bell curve. I'm at the right side. I cry too often. I'm a crier. I'm very emotional. Um, all right. Please, if you haven't yet, please just rate the this podcast five stars and uh, review it if you want. If you haven't yet, I appreciate it. Um, so, yeah, my daughter is just so pumped about school. I remember that there's a video of me being dropped off at preschool, and my mom dressed me up as Superman with a cape. And everything, and there's this video. Obviously, it was one of those big old hand, those hand, not handy cam, those big camcorder things you put on your shoulder, like a boombox, you know, from the '80s. And uh, so there's this footage of me, and my parents drop me off, and then they, there's a, I'm just on a playground. I'm the only kid dressed up, and I'm dressed like freaking Superman. And uh, just, I just remember me walking up to a couple different groups of kids, and they're like, "Nope." <laughs> and I, I'm like, "All right." Walk over to some other kids, they're like, "Nah." <laughs> and then I just go up to the chain link fence, put my hands on it, and just stare out into the parking lot with my Superman outfit on, full cape and everything. So that was my first day of preschool, as far as I know. Um, and my daughter just pumped, dude. She's just all excited. She's all happy. We're walking her in. And she's like, this is my school, Daddy. She's telling me it's her school. She's like, I have so many friends here and all this stuff because she's, she's gone a couple days throughout the summer. Anyways, I don't think anyone really cares, but it is... So sad. I wish there was a way to just stop time. And I think, you know, a lot of people know what I'm talking about. You know what I mean? I've, I've just never been happier than when my daughter t- tells me something cute or tells me she loves me or she's happy or my son, like, laughs and stuff. Just, like, I just want to freeze those moments. I want to freeze that and then just make a whole bunch of that so I can just inject myself with all that happiness whenever I want and other people. I just like to inject the whole world with syringes of the happiness I feel from my kids. Um, it's so funny. People that don't have kids are just like, ah, oh, it's so good. We get it. You have kids. But people with kids, they get it. And uh, yeah, I was one of those people without kids. I'm like, man, people are really obsessed with their kids. And then you have kids and you're like, oh, I get it. This is, I've never had more happiness in my life ever. So let's see if I can crank this out before the little man wakes up. He's sleeping pretty soundly on the couch. Uh, I guess that means he's not going to take his nap later, which means I'm kind of screwed the rest of the day. But uh, 
Let's see what's in the what's in the news. The newsies. Uh, Jeffrey Epstein, that guy, uh, pfft, super rich, famous, you know, pedophile peddler to the stars or to the to the powerful elite people in the world. Just such a weird. I mean, such a weird, weird situation. Such a shady thing. This guy, if anyone doesn't know, has a island in St. Thomas uh, that he owns, and it's like nicknamed pedophile island by all the locals so all the locals are just kind of like yeah that's what goes on there you know bill clinton took uh 27 flights i think on his his private jet which was the was it called the lolita express or was that just the nickname for it i think that had to be the nickname for it because just to call it the lolita express is pretty in your face and i think hillary clinton flew on it uh, a number of times i think trump supposedly flew on it once and uh, whatever, so it's just so weird because Democrats and Republicans, left and right, people can't agree on anything. People on the left are like, oh, Trump did, Trump had this guy killed. And people on the right are like, the Clintons, man, the Clintons had this guy killed. It's like, whoa, man, that's the one thing everybody agrees on is this guy probably did not commit suicide, like they're saying. It's just very, it's a very strange story. Apparently the guy was on suicide watch and in his uh, prison cell and then... I don't know if they took him off suicide watch and then he killed himself or supposedly killed himself or died, whatever, he's gone now. And uh, just very, very shady. <laughs> it's like everybody on every end of the spectrum is like, this guy did not kill himself. This guy was murdered. Um, so just scary, right? That's one of those things too. A lot of people kind of you know say, oh, conspiracies, conspiracy theorists, you know, like whatever. And I'm not somebody that believes in every conspiracy that's out there or anything but i have heard some people argue oh you know these conspiracies you hear about these conspiracies they're not true uh you know how how could so many people be involved in covering something up and i have a very simple answer for that you get people with families involved if you threaten my family's like the government right now or some nsa person or caa person just like tapped into my headphones right now and they're like hey Stop talking about this this second or you're, we're going to kill your family. Guess what, guys? <laughs> this podcast is not released. You can, and also, that, that's, that's one thing, just threatening people, right? Power, like super, super powerful elite people can just threaten families or whatever. Forget your own life. You know what I mean? If, it, if I was like single guy, had no family, had no parents, had no whatever, no kids, no wife, and someone was like, hey, you, you blow the whistle on this and then you're dead, I might be like, hey, my life's worth sacrificing to get this important information about X, Y, and Z out. But if I have family and kids, it's like, no, nah, not saying anything. You got it, dude. <laughs> Whoever you are, like, you got it. <laughs> um, so that's one thing. And the other thing is that a lot of uh, things are just need to know. You know what I mean? So if you keep almost everybody in the dark about something, but everyone's just serving one specific purpose, you know what I mean? Like, you ever see those, uh, I know I'm going to, reference a movie now which is obviously not real but you ever seen those movies where it's uh somebody goes hey uh you know some kid runs over something and hands it to somebody or somebody runs over something and hands it to somebody and they're like are you involved they're like hey i don't know what's going on here that guy somebody just gave me a hundred bucks to hand you that right that's my whole point like need to know basis that person that kid or whatever in that sp specific situation i'm talking about 
they they don't know like they're involved in this process of this bigger thing but all they know is oh somebody gave me 100 bucks and i'm supposed to hand this envelope to that person over there and they don't know anything else they legitimately don't know anything else so they're in the dark so you can have a bunch of people involved in a conspiracy but they don't all know necessarily they are involved in a conspiracy they might think they're just doing this thing uh because you know this is part of their job and it's just this one little thing or they might be going oh i'm doing this because of this but really they're doing it because of that like they don't know why they're doing it and they'll never know so okay there we go there we go those are my two very quick uh ways to explain how conspiracies can be real things oh all right so let's see i'll just get into some quick fun little odd news stories and then my son will probably wake up during this anyways so let's do this one first. Man credits good deed with leading him to a $349,027 lottery jackpot. All right, let's see what this good deed is. Was that a plane going on overhead? I'm not editing that out, too much work. A North Carolina man credited a good deed with leading him down the path to winning $349,027 lottery jackpot. Thomas Fry of Charlotte told North Carolina education lottery officials he needed to get rid of an old bed frame and decided to donate it to the Salvation Army instead of selling it or throwing it away. Okay, I like this is going in an interesting way. Uh, Fry said he decided to stop at the Adams Martin Matthews on his way home and bought a Cash 5 ticket. I always use a combination of my own numbers and a quick pick, Fry said, but this time I decided to use all quick pick. <laughs> Realizing I'm an unlucky fuck and nothing ever good was going to happen with my stupid lucky numbers, <laughs> I just went with quick pick. Fry said he checked his numbers the next morning was shocked to see he had won $349,027 top prize. I just kept looking at the tickets, Fry said. I had to check the numbers at least three times. Oh, I agree. If you won three hundred fifty grand, that would just be an unbelievable morning, right? You're like, nah, this can't be true. Not me. Not me. I would keep looking at it, too. I'd be okay. I'd get other people in the room. You read them out loud, and I'm going to stare at it. Go. What are the winning numbers? Okay, 17. There is 17. <laughs> go. Next one, 28. I do. Yes, 28. So I would just go like that. I just kept check. I just kept looking at the tickets, Fry said. Oh, I just read that. Fry said his winnings will go into savings. Boring. Come on, Dave. You're supposed to buy a $350,000 car and then be poor in six months. <laughs> That's how lottery winners are supposed to work. This is a big boost to our retirement, Fry said. It's amazing to have this. I feel so blessed. Yeah, it is awesome, dude. He's got a random 350 grandies. All right. Next story. Australian athlete spends two hours in box of ice to break the Guinness record. I have a couple Guinness record stories. I just can't get over these. They're always great. So an Australian athlete spends two hours in box of ice to break the Guinness record. Okay. An, an Austrian, did I say Australian? An Austrian athlete broke a Guinness world record when he spent more than two hours wearing nothing but a swimsuit in a box of ice. I would do it naked, bro. Joseph, Joseph Kerbel spent a total two hours eight minutes and 47 seconds submerged up in, up to his shoulders in a box of ice in front of Vienna's main train station Saturday to break the record of one hour, 53 minutes and 10 seconds set by Chinese athlete Jin Songzhao in 2014. So one guy did it for an hour, 53 and 10 seconds. This guy did two hours, eight minutes and 47 seconds. He obliterated that record. I wonder if when he got to one hour, 53 minutes and 11 seconds, like you got it. And he's like, I keep going. Jin Songzhao had nothing on me. Cobur, Cobers, Coberls, I don't know how to say this guy's name, K-O-E-B-E-R-L, Coberls, Coberls, body temperature was monitored during the attempt, and he was examined by a medical team after emerging from the ice to ensure his health was not adversely affected. 
The athlete said he was inspired to go for the record after he spent an hour in a box of ice as part of a challenge on Austrian TV's Barbara Karlick show. <laughs> what? This is just, they're just like throwing things out there and not telling us anything else. Yeah, just randomly this guy has already been in a box of ice on a TV show, so he thought, oh, why don't I go for a record? Kerbal said he believed he could have spent more time in the ice Saturday, but decided to emerge after confirming that the record was broken. I would have drank a ton of water before I went in. This might be bad for, you know, medical reasons. I don't know. That way you could just keep peeing, right? And it just kind of like heats you up. I feel like that'd be good. I wonder if that's allowed. You know what I mean? Can you just pee? Can you just piss yourself while you're in the box of ice? Or they're like, hey, man, not cool. That's, that's <laughs> breaking the sit in a box of ice rules. Why? Where does it say that? Where does it say I can't pee? Can't pee, dude. Can you pee? You can. You can pee. Go ahead. So, good for this guy. I want to look up this Austrian TV show, Barbara Karlick show, and see this guy. What's his name? Josef Kerbel. Kerbel. Jeez, what? this guy spends a lot of time on ice. Man, I've spent more time on ice with the wife. <laughs> what if I just never stopped that laugh? All right. Maine police officers rescue skunk with head stuck in McFlurry cup. All I want to know is which flavor. You know what I mean? That's all I'm thinking. A pair of Maine police officers came to the rescue of a skunk by, quote, tactically removing an ice cream cup stuck on the small creature's head. The Bridgeton Police Department said officers Sophie Swiatek and Josh Muse aided the skunk Sunday morning by tactically removing a McFlurry cup stuck on its head. They already said that. A video shared by the police department shows the officers throwing a jacket over the skunk to prevent it from running away or spraying them with its foul scent. Sweetek then plucks the ice cream cup from the animal's head. Quote, yes, they train us for this at the police academy, and yes, our McDonald's ice cream machine works, the department wrote. Quote, please don't litter. <laughs> what? How is this even a story? A skunk put his head in a McFlurry cup, and then all they did was take it off. It sounds like all they did was pop it off. They put a jacket over the skunk so they didn't get sprayed and they just ripped a cup off his head and that's in the news. Yet this show can't get any press. All right. Another Guinness World Record. Idaho man sets Guinness record for juggling basketballs. This story's going to stink. An Idaho man competed, completed 220 catches in one minute while juggling three NBA regulation basketballs to break a Guinness World Record. David Rush, who has more than 100 Guinness World Record titles to his name, made two official attempts at the basketball juggling record at the Lake Hazel Library in Boise. I feel like people with Guinness World Records have multiple records. There's probably here and there, you know, uh, somebody that's like, oh, you got, you know, the longest kiss or something, and, you know, it was random, maybe it was like on TV or something like that, and then, uh, so you get, so you get a record, but I feel like most people are just going for records. Jeez, that, I mean, this is talented. The guy juggled the balls really fast. 220 catches in one minute. Who counted that? Did they have to watch the, I'd have to watch a tape, right? And just slow it down. All right, anyways, this guy's over 100 records. Rush, who, whose record-breaking activities are aimed at promoting STEM education, fell short of the minimum goal set by Guinness, 200 catches, during his first attempt. His second attempt ended with 220 catches, earning him the record. He said the basketball record is the first in a planned series of fast-juggling world record attempts. Man, that's insane. I feel I know a lot of really talented jugglers from working at the Comedy Magic Club in Hermosa Beach. Sometimes the the magic, it's not always magic, sometimes it's just a variety act. And there are some insane jugglers. And uh, I know another guy um, who I'd never worked with at Comedy Magic Club. I worked elsewhere, and he, I think he was, did he tell me he was like fourth ranked in the world at one point? That's such an interesting 
world to get into juggling and then you're you're ranked who ranks the jugglers you know what i mean so many talented jugglers so there's like a competition i'm guessing you have to submit you get in and there's like a panel of what like ex-jugglers like i used to juggle and i retired from juggling when i was 62 like i don't even get how that works and now i just judge juggling i was talking to my wife this morning i was in the shower she did not think this was as interesting as me freestyle rapping that's a job here we go tangent time there are people who just make a living freestyle rap battling that's so interesting can you i can't imagine if my son came up to me one day and i'm like hey man so what do you think he's like i'm gonna drop out of school because i am just crushing these ciphers on the playground and i want to be a freestyle rap battler and i'll be like you gotta get an education what are you talking about <laughs> his comedian dad telling him he can't do that uh geez can you imagine that? Freestyle rap battling. You're just that good at it. What do you prepare? All you have to do is get into the battles, right? I mean, I, I, I say it like that's easy. That's probably the toughest part, right? It's like comedy. Like, good, you're funny. You got you to gotta get exposure. You got to get your name out there. But I mean, as far as just showing up to work, hey, I'm just going to show up. I'm going to put on my oversized hoodie and I'm going to go straight off the dome. You know what I mean? Straight off the top for, the, for my job. And then someone's going to pay me either $500 if I win, 300 if I lose. I don't know how it works. I'm making up these numbers. But that is such an interesting thing. Because you meet people, they could have any job. I see the way people react when they first met me. And uh, Oh, what do you, so what do you do? And I'm like, I'm a comedian. It's always like, oh, uh, hmm, yeah, well, I'm funny. Like, uh, what, did you do that? Like, what's your other job? It's like, oh, that's my job. I'm a comedian. Oh, really? That's, have you ever thought about being on The Tonight Show? <laughs> you get all these weird uh, questions and stuff, but, and reactions. Can you imagine... If you just meet somebody and they're, you're like, oh, hey, what do you do? And they're like, oh, I'm a plumber. Cool. And then you meet somebody else. Hey, what do you do? Freestyle rap battler? Really? Like, I would, I feel like I would have the same questions people ask me. I'm like, so what's your other, do you have another job? Do you also, are you like an electrician, but you also freestyle rap battle? And the guy's like, nah, dude, I just freestyle rap battle. That'd be cool because I feel like that'd be annoying too. You know what I mean? People always tell comedians like, tell me a joke, dude. If you're a comedian, tell me a joke. <laughs> What if you met a freestyle rap battler and you're like, no way, man, do do some freestyle. And then they just ripped you a new one. <laughs> They're like, oh, I'm standing here talking to this clown. I'm about to pull his pants down, show everybody his little dick. Oh, my God, that thing is crooked. It makes me sick. Like, he just starts fucking killing you. <laughs> what if that's a real thing? I hope it is. I might have no idea what I'm talking about. All right, let's just do a couple more stories before my son wakes up. Scientists create drinkable vodka from Chernobyl water, grain, okay? Um, so that's, that's an interesting thing to do with your life. A group of scientists announced they had created vodka from ingredients found inside the Chernobyl exclusion zone and verified that it is safe to drink. Atomic vodka was created by University of Portsmouth scientists from grain and water from inside the exclusion zone as part of a three-year research project into the radioactivity of crops grown inside the 19-mile radius around the Chernobyl nuclear plant, which experienced a reactor explosion in 1986. So they said it's safe to drink. Who tried it? Who tried it? <laughs> hey, who wants to try our Chernobyl water vodka? Um, is it safe? Well, that's the thing. We are trying to figure that out now. <laughs> Just try it, man. Just try some Chernobyl water vodka. We made it from the water from Chernobyl, the <laughs> radioactive explosion from the 80s. You know, it's cool. Just try the vodka, man. Don't be a wuss. So here we go. Quote, 30 years on, 30 years on after the accident, we found 
why can't I read right now? 30 years on after the accident, we found was that in the area, the crops were slightly above the very cautious Ukrainian limit for consumption. That sentence, is that me or does that sentence make no sense? So technically you can't eat those crops, but we thought, well, we've got some grain. Why don't we try making a vodka? Project leader Jim Smith told CNN. Smith's team found distilling the vodka reduced the radioactive contamination to an undetectable level, making it safe to drink. Quote, when you distill something, lots of impurities stay in the waste product, and the final product is more pure. And that's what we found with our vodka. We fermented the grain, then distilled it. We found that we couldn't measure any radioactivity in the product, except natural carbon-14 that you find in any spirit drinks or any food, Smith said. He said the newly founded Chernobyl Spirit Company will soon be selling atomic vodka, with 75% of profits going to communities affected by the disaster. The vodka will be the first consumer product from the exclusion zone since the disaster. Very interesting. So I was about to look up how much does it cost, but it says it's not really for sale yet. I still like the idea of that. Yeah, I also, <laughs> I made some toilet water vodka. It's water made from my toilet water. It's cool though, we distilled it. I took a dump in my toilet, I distilled the water and made vodka. It's cool, just drink it, I swear. All right, next story. Texas woman records giant spider eating a bat. All right, I'm, I just watched this video, so I'll just talk about it. Enormous, huge garden spider just eating a bat. This lady was coming home from work and saw it outside her house. Unreal. This spider is enormous. That is so scary. What is it about spiders? I'm walking my dog sometimes, you know what I mean? And you don't realize, you're like, oh my God, I almost walked into a spider web and your whole body, at least my, I just turn, I'm like, oh, I'm so happy that didn't happen. Anything but that. What is it about spiders that just freak us out? So many spiders are not even harmful to humans or anything, but just the, the look of them. Why do we hate them so much? Like everyone talks about like, oh, all lives are sacred and everything and plant, you know, talk about animals and stuff. Do you see a spider in your house? You will take a gun and shoot that thing. Especially this big ass spider. If that spider just walked around my house and I was like, oh, it's actually just a huge garden spider. Don't even worry about it. Um, I just don't like the way it looks. I don't like the way it moves. I'm murdering that spider. I'm taking that spider out. And then I'm looking for its spider family. I know this sounds horrible, but this is how it is. All right. Um, then I, got, and it is, I clicked on some clickbait article about uh, pictures of Woodstock. You know, it, I think the clickbait thing said that like, you won't believe or something. And it's just uh, all these pictures look like, yeah, those look like all the pictures I've ever seen from Woodstock. I will say this though, I'm clicking through some of them. I got on to like the third or fourth and they're just talking about the, the flower headdress that, that, you know, people would wear. And this picture, not a professional like photo, not, you know, definitely not a camera from nowadays or anything. This girl is stunning, right? And then there's just this dorky looking dude behind her playing what looks like i don't know if that's a banjo or a sitar it looks like a banjo um yeah it's not a sitar it's a banjo i think but uh and he's just looking at her all creepy and she is just this is like she looks like a like a high-end model like she just looks like a supermodel this girl is just physically like physically her face is just like very pretty right and this is what i was thinking is it just me i wasn't alive back then I feel like in the 60s, a lot of average dudes just hooked up with super hot chicks. Is that a thing? Is that just in my head? I just feel like, just from pictures, I feel like this guy is behind her. He looks kind of creepy in the picture. But I'm also thinking that might be her boyfriend. <laughs> like, that dude might be her boyfriend. I feel like back then it was just like, hey, 
I'm all about peace and love. And she's like, oh, me too. Yeah, no judgment, right? Like, let's just not judge that I look like a nerd. And she's like, totally, yeah. Like, let's empower you. <laughs> let's just do it. <laughs> I don't know. I obviously was born way after this and never lived through it. But that'd be a fun time to just travel back to. My mom was a hippie. She smoked the reefer. And then she lied about it to me until I was an adult. Uh, anyways, I just think that's a thing. I also think it'd be interesting because everybody builds up Woodstock. Like, oh, this is like the craziest, like the best concert ever. You had to be there. I would just like to meet one person who was like, I was at Woodstock. It was all right. It's cool. You know, <laughs> I'd be, it's, it's probably like the fourth best concert I ever went to. I went to some other concerts. Saw Springsteen at the Garden once. That was sweet. <laughs> but you know, Woodstock, it was also, it was all right. Okay, guys, I am, um... Uh, Finishing up my website for my children's book that should be out soon, as soon as possible. It's supposed to be the beginning of June. I've been going back and forth with the illustrator, trying to get everything correct. But I am super, super, super pumped about this book. I really hope that people like it. Um, it's one of those things like a passion project. Really means a lot to me. So it is going to be the book is called Different, and uh, the website will be thedifferentbook.com. I already bought it, started building the website. I'm obviously stink at things like that, but I'm working on it. So please make sure and just rate this podcast five stars. Uh, grab the person's phone next to you, just click five stars. I don't care how it gets done, you know what I mean? If you want to leave a review, that'd be awesome. All right, check the show notes if you want to email me. Check out my social media and all that stuff. It's at Jeff Keith, G E O F F K E I T H. Thanks for listening, guys. Thank you for listening to my daddy.